is Digital Marketer. This week, we've got co-founder and president of Digital Marketer, Richard Lindner. Hello, and welcome to the Digital Marketer Podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Snavely, and I want to pose a question right here, right now. If marketing is about communicating the right message in the right place to the right person at the right time, then is internal marketing any different? And if internal marketing is the same, are you sending the right message in the right place to the right person at the right time? And what channels are you sending them through? If that made you at least go, hmm, this is for you. Because today's episode features someone you already know and love, Digital Marketers co-founder and president Richard Lindner. And we're talking about his two particular passions when it comes to running and growing a business. Marketing, of course, and if you've been around our community or taken one of our courses, you'll know his specialty is email marketing and leadership. This episode is all about how they intersect and we'll also unveil a new tool called Recess that we've been building and testing here at Digital Marketer. Here it is. So yeah, I just want to focus this on like communication and delegation and all the good stuff Recess does for a yeah. company. Internal marketing. Internal marketing. Yeah. Yeah. The hardest marketing, actually. It's what makes it relevant to digital marketer, not just the time, but there's, you know, inbound marketing and outbound marketing and email marketing and, you know, video marketing and, and content marketing. And, and when you look at all those things, like no one really focuses on kind of the probably the, the most important marketing, whether it's segment or activity that there is, and that's internal marketing, right? So hmm. that's, uh, I think that's what everyone who, who's succeeding and seeing their team kind of lean in uh, to the company uh, right now during obviously COVID-19. I think whether they realize they're doing it or not, companies that are seeing that buy-in, that success like that, you know, all in from their team are doing a really good job at internal marketing. Again, whether they realize it or not, it's not a tough concept to, to wrap your head around. Quite literally marketing the same things you market to your customers or potential customers, just to your team, right? Your mission, your vision, your why, your values, your products, your goals, your initiatives. And, and I think right now, you know, it's a really unique opportunity to where the world is kind of uncertain. And when you lean in to your mission and like, this is an opportunity right now, today in this, you know, again, COVID-19 is right now, but there's a lot of uncertainty. And now is when companies are either proving that their mission and their vision and their values are more than just pretty artwork on the wall or that they're not. Uh, And I would, I would argue, or at least bet a healthy amount of money that the companies that their team members are, you know, going all in, right. And, and really feeling supported and really kind of putting the company on their back and carrying it through this difficult time are the ones to where the companies are not only proving that their mission is their mission during good times, but also during bad, during certainty and uncertainty, but they're also doing a really great job marketing their why and marketing their plans internally to their own team. So what would you say is the difference between what a normal marketing message should look like versus an internal marketing message? There's not much, honestly. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you think about it, I can tell you from us, you know, the internal newsletters that we send out, the Slacks, 
you know, that we'll post on just little updates and stuff. Uh, a lot of that stuff is either repurposed as copy chunks in, in external marketing, or it came from copy chunks in external marketing. I mean, it, it, look, if, if you're doing marketing correctly, right. And, and it's just clearly articulating the before state and the after state, like the benefit, the value, you're just trying to decide who needs to understand that. So in external marketing, the target audience is the customer. So you have to tell them the value and internal marketing, mm -hmm. the target audience is the employee, but they still, you still, I still want to be a part of something that's meaningful. We want to do meaningful work. We want to do something that's important. We want to do something that, that is worthy of our time. We want to have a mission that's worthy to get behind. So we're still saying, hey, this person that we serve, here's how we're serving them right now. And it doesn't have to be in a crisis. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you are crushing your goals, you know, and, and the world is thriving, you have to market those things internally. Like, here's who we serve. Here's how we serve them. Here's what's most important for us to do to serve them and for them to have success right now with our brand. Here's why it's important. Here's what we need you to do. Hmm. That formula doesn't change based on the global or economic climate. Yeah. You just have to make sure that your message isn't tone deaf. Yeah. Do you find that when deciding what to communicate that you are going back often to the marketing messaging or do you find that you're reinventing the wheel and just taking some, like how much is it the splintering happening? So for us, you know, at, at digital marketer or at recess or our other, you know, own companies and brands, it's tough to differentiate because I, I think myself and, and obviously Ryan, we have, kind of done this so long. I think we speak in marketing. Hmm. <laughs> uh, at least I know my wife and my children tell me that I do. And they also tell me that they're not big fans of that. <laughs> hmm. Not when I'm talking to them. So if I'm able to put myself in, in, in a non-marketer's shoes, I think that it would need to be probably about 50-50. You, you have to make sure, just like in marketing, right? When you think of, you think of your email copy, right? The goal of the subject line is to get the open. The goal of the body is to get the click, but to make sure that you set it up and to frame accordingly. And then the goal of whatever landing page you're sending them to is to get the conversion. But the message has to be congruent, right? If I, I'm like, win a million dollars, or one person gets a million dollars in the and in, in my email copy and or in, in the email subject line and the email copy is all about how you know one awesome person's gonna win a million dollars and it goes over uh, to the page and the page doesn't say anything about that, even if it's a contest they have to enter into or if it's just totally incongruent, it, it doesn't matter, right? The marketing failed. Even if at the end it's like and one person's gonna win a million dollars. So here I think making sure that we start with the end result. Like, what are we telling the customer? What are we putting out about, right? What are we putting out with our marketing for the world to see? So, you know, recently at Digital Marketer, we completely opened lab, right? Open access for the world to see. Now, that was very on mission, right? Because our mission is to double the size of 10,000 small businesses. So uh, during this time of kind of chaos and everyone being at home and uncertainty and unknown, the best way that we could serve our potential customer is to give them the knowledge to when this thing snaps back and, and self-corrects, whether it's to get their business back on track or even better than it was before, or whether it was to, to take someone who maybe 
needs to pivot careers or lost their job and give them additional assets. Like that's how we're going to serve that customer right now. Mm. That was the message that we put out as to the why. The message that we put out internally was the same. We're doing this. It's going to require additional work from each and every one of us. But here's why it's important. Now, we just acknowledged the only nuance there was, hey, here's what that means you're going to have to do. And I'll tell you, I don't think it mattered. I don't think anyone on our team cared one bit or even stopped to say, you know, that's a lot of work. Everyone, at least from my point of view, was energized by it. And I think that's what happens, right? That when you market internally the right way, you can take a lot of work. And as long as you tie it back to what everyone knows, mission, vision, who you serve, and you're able to clearly articulate why it's important right now, today, then it's the difference between employees seeing something as a lot of work, which is demotivating, or to be challenged and energized by something because it's meaningful, because it matters, because it's on brand, because it's on mission, because it is so critical right now. And, and we get to make that choice every day. So I think you know, the decision on where you pull the copy from or where you pull the messaging from, like, if it's not working externally, it won't work internally and kind of vice versa. So, you know, for those of you marketers that want kind of a little hack, test your marketing internally before you take it externally. There's no call. <laughs> if you can't get your own team excited by something, your prospect is not going to care. They're not going to care at all. So do some free market research. Try to get your own team excited about something before you launch your next campaign, whether it's an email campaign or a Facebook campaign or a video on YouTube, whatever it is. If they don't care, who you got a big lift, right? Mm. Maybe it's a little bit of uh, boiled chicken. I mean, I would say like one of the most exciting aspects of it, just from the my perspective from the other side, you know, you're hearing this, as they would say, from the horse's mouth, right? Mm. So the difference in communication from someone else, from someone else, from someone else, and hearing it straight from you, it's so much easier to be excited because you're immediately invested because this is the first time you've heard it and it's perfectly communicated. Would you say that what you're trying to go for is, you know, with customers, there's the buy and with employees, it's the buy-in. Would you say yeah, that's about that's accurate? A, that's a great way to put it. Not not only would I, I will. I really, like the way, I really like the way you said that. So I'm going to start saying it like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Thanks for thanks for that. I think that's exactly right. And, and I'll tell you, you said something there that's interesting because when it's done the right way, right, internal marketing or internal communication or cascading communication, depending on like which kind of lens you're looking at it through, I love how you said, you know, from your end, right? Because I was going to ask you, how did it feel for you, mm-hmm. right? We've got a unique, like, cool little you know, situation here. So you saying like, oh, and it's the first time, you know, I've heard it, it came from you. The great part is we were able to clearly articulate this message, why it was important, the really hit the high points in a very succinct and and efficient mode of communication because, you know, it stemmed from a, a call with Ryan and I. And then after that, we called Justin from kind of the you know, the ops and the marketing standpoint. And then, you know, additionally down the leadership team to make sure that we heard everyone's kind of both critic hat and like question hat and, and almost blue ocean, right? So those are kind of the three things you can do. You can, you can ask for details, like really get into the tactical when you hear something. You can play the critic 
which is attack all the reasons it won't work. And and I say attack, that sounds malicious, but I don't mean it to be. I think that's good, right? When you can almost like a, if you're in engineering or, or if you're in server uh, sysadmin, you kind of test a server by simulating an attack hmm. on it to see like, will it stay up? The same thing is true with your messaging. When you can take your messaging out to your leadership team and say, and here's something big we're thinking about doing, go. And you've got some people that are natural critics, some people that go right to the practical application and start asking very detailed questions. You got some people that are such big thinkers and that are just like inspired by it that they go straight to a blue ocean, like trying to best it. Like, what if we did this? So it was the, the first time you heard me say it. It was probably the 14th or 15th time I'd said it. Hmm. And I tried to do it, even though we weren't in office, face-to-face, right, virtually, because I need to look and see what is your initial reaction, Yeah. right? What is, is, are you initially like confused? Are you initially like, do you just have that? Eh, I get it. I just <laughs> am generally unmoved by it. So again, just like marketing, like we want to test these pieces and put together the best. Like if it were an email, I'd be doing the subject line testing. Mm-hmm. I'd do the body copy testing. I'd do the queuing before the click testing and I'd put the perfect variation together. Yeah. When I said it different ways to different people, right? I could see what resonated where I missed as a communicator. Then when I'm able to document that and send it out using well, we use recess. That's our internal tool that we just built. Same with plug. It may or may not be open right now for free. <laughs> Recess.io. Anyway, so when when we use that, one of the, the benefits of of that is we go from that verbal communication to written communication. So you heard it for the first time. But it was like the 15th time. Yeah. You heard the best tested version. Yeah. And and I'll say even the best part of that was if I had heard it from someone else, from someone else, from someone else, I'm getting a lot of opinions and feelings that kind of mm-hmm. come along with it. And when you're telling me, like when I heard it the first time, it was this pure thing that I could immediately decide how I felt about it. And, and because you guys had tested it, you could kind of inoculate against some of those things. Yeah. So yeah, I would just say it was, it was just very beautifully done, but here's kind of my next question is how do you decide what matters Mm. in the message? So when you get people attacking, attacking things, how do you decide what you're inoculating against? Yeah. So what you're inoculating against in, in any marketing, right, is, is common objections or known misconceptions, right? So one of the ways that you do that is, is you need to have these conversations, right, ahead of time. Like I said, we had 13 or 14 individual conversations. I'm inoculating against, first, what do I think the, the overall, like, you know, biggest concerns or threats will be? And if it's your company or if it's your team or if it's your customer or your ideal customer, you're going to kind of know those, right? You know, your, I knew where the sales and revenue department was going to come from. I knew yeah. where <laughs> the ops and, mm-hmm. and kind of our, our tech department was going to come from. I knew where finance was going to come from. So going in, you also have to know your audience. So there's the audience we're going out to everyone. And then there's the conversations we're having individually. So with finance, obviously, when they're looking at, at projections, because not only did we flip it free, we, we promoted it quite aggressively to our internal database. So when you're sending a bunch of emails, like hundreds of thousands of emails about this free thing, but in the funnel, it's still just free, 
and there's no credit card and there's no anything else, it can only ever generate no money. So that's going to be the objection from both sales and finance. So going in and explaining, you know, why, like from their point of view, like, I think, I think when you're talking about kind of inoculating against or overcoming these objections, you first have to get into the, the, the seat of, or the, the eyes of your, your, who you're talking to, right? Your ideal customer or your team, because I, I have to know what those objections are going to be so that I can frame them ahead of time. So I can go into finance and say, Hey, listen, you know, there's a really good chance we're going to be down 25 to 30% because of kind of COVID because of, of, of where we're at right now, the, the reality of the world. Now we can be down 25 to 30% right now and super tone deaf and just try to push through and extract as much money as we can, or we can give out of abundance. We can know that we're, we're a debt-free company, right? We don't carry debt. We are bootstrapped and we are profitable. And we can go in and we can say, you know what? If we're going to be down 20 to 30 percent, 25, 30% anyway, let's, let's make sure that we're down 25 to 30%, but that we recover because we're supporting our ideal customer. And I think it's going to do more benefit for the brand long-term, where I think if we do it the other way, maybe we won't be down as much right now. Maybe we'll be down... 18 to 20%, but what kind of depreciation is the brand going to take? So that's where I would go with finance on something like this. And if I go into sales, I would say like, I know that we're going to be driving a bunch of people through here. So while we're not going to sell them anything right now, because we're kind of not selling anything right now, I do believe that we're going to really enrich the database. And what you're going to have when this thing snaps back is a ton of new leads, a ton of new leads that are that are product aware, that are uh, solution aware, because we've indoctrinated them into our, our business. So the sale should be easier. And now I'm going to go over to marketing and I'm going to say, hey, look, I'm really excited about this because we've got the database, right? Database is really big, but what percentage of the database are paying premium subscribers, right? This percentage. Well, what's easier to market than free, no credit card required, no rebuild, no nothing, no upsells? Yeah, we've got an opportunity to do something really cool. I'm going to go to content and, and content marketing and say like, look, we got to get some content around this because here's what we're doing. Here's why it's important. Here's why the world needs it right now and why we're going to give out of excess. So my message is going to be slightly nuanced for who I'm talking to and what I know their objections are going to be based on their role in the company. Right. That makes sense. Well, getting away from like the messaging, which we've covered some good stuff on internal messaging. I do want to talk a little bit about the delivery method. And I'd love just to hear just a full rant because I know it's in you on Slack. Oh, okay. (laughs) On Slack. Yeah. Yeah. Goodness gracious. So Slack is an amazing uh, tool when pointed at the right problem, right? It solves an amazing need for uh, conversation, right? about a specific thing. Slack is also the ultimate digital hot potato, right? My, here's my pet peeve. I'll ask you something like, Hey, Jenna, you know, did you ever send me the da 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 or, you know, um, what about this thing? And, and the answer is, Oh, I slacked it to you. Did I respond? No, I don't think so. That is the ultimate virtual or digital hot potato, right? It, It didn't solve anything. But it was no longer your problem. 
because you send it off into the ether. Your assumption is I saw it. It's kind of like text messaging too. Like now Slack, I, I know I can set up a reminder, but maybe I'm on a podcast like this one. You know, maybe I'm on a Zoom call like the thousand I've been on the past whatever. Slack is a really great mode of communication when you need either a conversation, right? We need to kind of chat about something, a decision we've already made, a project everyone already agrees to, or if it's literally a, a question that you can answer right then and there, as long as if that person doesn't respond, you then follow up either with email or with a text message or with a phone call or in a normal environment, you stand up and turn around because you reason you realize the person's right freaking behind <laughs> yeah. you and you're slacking them <laughs> like an idiot. And I know like open office concept and I don't want to, I don't want to like disturb people. Screw it. Disturb them if it's important. So yes, I can rant about this a little <laughs> bit. I think, it, I think Slack can be dangerous if organizationally you don't set the kind of communication guidelines and rules and then enforce them, which is weird. It's weird to enforce that like, hey, was Slack really the best mode for this message? Right. Like, I would hate me for saying that, <laughs> but it's true. It, it is true. So I think Slack can be dangerous just because, much like Facebook, depending on the size of the org and like the, the, the engagement, the activity in that particular instance, it's digital ether. Like a message that can mm. be super important is gone with the picture of a cat or right. a meme or... You know, we photoshopped one of our team members' heads on some, I don't know, random animal. And and that is now more important than a major company announcement about a pivot we're making because of a global pandemic. It's not more important, but if it was sent at the same time, which one gets more activity? Right. The cat. The cat. The dancing 100%. bear with Kevin's head or face <laughs> on it. Like, it, it's, it's true. So... Yeah, I don't have a problem with Slack. Right. I have a problem with relying on it for critical internal marketing and communication that needs to be seen by your team mm -hmm. um, because it's not the right platform. Yeah. I mean, I think there's something to be said, too, just about the analogy of marketing. You know, you have your marketing channels and social is one of those channels, just like you said, Slack is similar to social. And I think, you know, we have email that's like, those personal emails and the, we know those things happen, but there's also email broadcasts that everyone gets. Yep. And I think recess solves that so well. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So, uh, you know, we built recess to be kind of that internal communications tool and really that internal marketing tool. And if you think about it, you know, you have a, you have a marketing automation suite for your external marketing. Every company does. It doesn't really matter what you use, you do. Um, Recess is going to be that internal marketing automation suite. It's the thing to take your team through their, you know, uh, journey as a, as a team member from, you know, onboarding to critical communication to, you know, measuring engagement, right? I mean, that's, that's the point of, of Recess is to send out mass communication right now and then track engagement by the entire company and then a breakdown by team, and then a breakdown by individuals to see who is the most engaged in the company. You can have messages that, that you're sending out and you, that are required reading, right? You as the founder, as the CEO, as the you know, head of internal comms, as the marketing manager, whoever is, is communicating, which layer of team is saying this communication is required reading. 
And then if you're not opening it, you're getting reminders that says like, hey, this is important, right? This is important. You have to read it because the company said so. And you as, as the sender are getting feedback on who has not seen that message. So it really is marketing automation built for internal teams, not external customers or, or prospects. So I think the power in it is, is that breakdown of tracking engagement by company, by team, and by individual, and making sure that, that when a company is doing what it should be doing and communicating what's important what's, and what's important right now and why, that you can confirm that your team has seen it and has engaged with it so that they know. Because if they don't know what's going on, then they can't be engaged. And if they can't be engaged, then they can't be effective. If they can't be effective, then you're going to have a break eventually, right? Either they're going to build up resentment and leave, or you're going to build up resentment and you'll make the decision that they need to leave. But that doesn't have to happen most of the time. Yeah. I mean, it's really easy to connect like HubSpot to your email and see if like someone read your email, but to see just from a leadership perspective, the actual, you know, literal like red, green, yellow that someone is paying attention is huge. Yeah. I mean, and the, the way that we're rating engagement is engaged, at risk, unengaged, hmm. because you're one of those three things, you know, hmm. and as the product continues to develop and, and some of the stuff that we're rolling out, we're going to begin to deepen that engagement score, right? And to almost move it just from a binary engaged, unengaged mm. to a positive, negative engagement as well. So again, it's, I love talking about this because I yeah. love marketing and I love leadership. <laughs> and this is like marketing leadership. I don't know. Perfect, it's great. Yeah. It's just, it, yeah, maybe I've created my own little uh, <laughs> playground, but I don't think so. I think every company needs this. <laughs> but if, if you think about like email, right? So normal marketing email, there are engagement stats or engagement metrics. Now you can have an engaged audience, but they were engaged with a message, but it was negative engagement. So negative engagement would be, I reported spam. I unsubscribed. I archived without reading or, or without opening. I deleted without opening. Those are engagement mechanisms or metrics because you did something, but you did something that was inherently bad right? Because it shows that you don't care or you no longer want to receive where positive engagement would be opens, uh, clicks, creating a marketing is important, forwarding, replying. You know, these are things that are uh, positive engagement metrics. But if you're looking as a binary engaged, unengaged, open and unsubscribe are both engagement. Mm -hmm. So as recess deepens and we're looking at you know, is this person, is this person opening it, but what's the scroll rate? Like, are they actually reading it? Are they rating it low or high? Are they, are they thumbs up, thumbs down? And as we go in and start asking some of these check-in questions, like what's your workload? You know, do you need additional help? What's your stress level? What's your overall mood? If someone's engaged by clicking, but they're clicking and saying, my mood is terrible. My, my stress is terrible. My workload is terrible. And yes, I need additional help this week, which is for a check-in. That's what we're asking uh, each and every week. Then we're going to say like, this person's really engaged, but really negatively engaged. There's a high at-risk possibility this person is either going to be a detractor or they're going to leave or they're just going to break down and any plates that they're holding up spinning are just going to fall. 
So I really geek out on kind of the engagement score of team members because I I truly believe, and, and this is where recess is important to me. I truly believe that there are so many bootstrap startups or high growth companies that are great products or services run and started by great people who want to be good leaders, but they're at high growth companies. And sometimes in a high growth company, leadership is an afterthought. Making sure that your employees know what's going on is an afterthought because a blink of an eye ago, there were 10 of you in a room. And if you needed to say something and you needed everyone to hear, you just stood up and you said it. And when you're a high growth or fast growth company, going from 10 in a room to 50 or 100 can happen like that. And you don't realize because you know, you know all the whys and you've probably said it to a couple of people and you just expect them to tell other people and everybody's going to give you the benefit of the doubt. It's going to be fine because everyone knows who you are and what your intentions are. They did when there were 10 people in a room because you built it together. As the org deepened and as you got further away, people don't have that benefit of interacting with you as often. So what you just said, like I heard it directly from you, that's gone. This brings it back, right? So making sure that you're marketing what's important and why it's important right now. And it's, you know, I guess direct from the horse's mouth and you know if it's been heard and you get the feedback that I was talking about from that one-on-one, not just from one-on-one communication, but from, you know, mass marketing messages, just internal mass marketing messages. Yeah. And yeah, I, I can imagine like you and Ryan have gone through so many of these obstacles as we have grown that so much of recess comes out of what you've learned along the way. It's like how you can prevent those mistakes from happening to other companies. Nice way of saying we've screwed a lot of stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you're right. You're absolutely right. You know, success is a horrible teacher. And, and what I'll say is, and I'll, I'll tell you, if they're being honest, there's not anyone who is a in business, started a business, or who's a leader in a leadership position anywhere in the world that if they're being honest, can't say this. I know that I have unintentionally ruined good employees, potentially great employees with either poor leadership or absentee leadership. And I'll tell you, as, as honest as I can be, as real as I can be, I've never set out to do that, been aware that I was doing it in the moment, not once. And that's, again, why I think recess and making sure that your team knows what's important and what's going on and they hear it from you and, and you know whether they're hearing it and what that reaction is. It's why I think it's so important. No one realizes that they're an absentee leader or that their team has no idea what's going on right? Until it's too late. The thing that I teach our leadership team, and it was a perfect answer to a question you asked before that I just, I don't know why I blanked on. When we are talking about inoculating against, the question that I hammer into everyone's head is what's the worst story anyone could ever tell about this scenario and how can you inoculate against it? And if you can first live in the critic mode and come up with the absolute worst story anyone could ever tell about what's happening right now, if they knew none of the information you know, then you can craft a story that inoculates against that worst story. That's called marketing. When you do it after that story has been told, that's called spinning. Doesn't matter if you're spinning the truth 
or if you're spinning a lie, if you're doing it afterwards, it's too late. It's just too late. So this is making sure that we're starting by, by giving everyone the, here's what's important. Here's why. Here's how it relates to our mission. Here's what I need from, here's what I need everyone to know. And if you have a question, here's how you ask it. Yeah. So a lot of the features that you talked about are really part of that leadership interest that you have with the engagement part. But then there's also features you created probably from your email expertise, like literally one of the foremost experts on email marketing that exists right now. And you created a product that sends emails to do internal marketing. So what, what features did you want to make sure to bring in to recess? So in the beginning, we're keeping it pretty nimble, right? So not a lot of really fancy features mm-hmm. on, I say really fancy features. It's pretty, you know, it's pretty ro- robust and advanced email That's platform. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, we're tying in the integrations right now to make sure that, you know, distribution happens, not just an email, but it's happening in Slack and it's happening, you know, in all the places that someone is. Because again, I like Slack, right? The goal of this is to make sure that the team member hears the message. And if that's an email, great. If they're online, great. We're rolling out a company feed. You know, I want to bring the communication to where you are. I happen to be an email first guy because like you said, that's, that's my background. That's my interest. So when we're looking into kind of the technical setup and who we used for infrastructure, like a lot of the email stuff played in there on deliverability because, you know, again, I'm an email guy and, and deliverability and technical setup are such a big part of email. But then also just you know, the designers, I was able to go in and say, like, I've used 13 different email marketing platforms. Here's the builders that I really liked. And these were so frustrating. Here's the way that the from address should send. Here's how preview messages should work. Here's how lists should work. Here's how automation and campaign should work. So when this thing is done, it is going to feel like the most sleek and robust marketing solution out there. And it's going to be marketing to people who work for you or with you or or however you see that, right? So as far as like the tools that it's launching with, I really think the, it is one of the most elegant email creation platforms that I've, I've ever used. It is, this thing is gorgeous and it's fast. It's drag and drop and, you know, where you're pulling the the content from and, and the curator in there. We've got one of one of the session, sections that we like to send out in our newsletters is what we're reading right now. Either Ryan or myself or the leadership team and why it's important because one of our core values is pursue growth and learning every day. So we have to make sure that one of the things that we're marketing is that we're living that core value. And, and also my goal is if I can teach people how to think the way that I think, then I will have to market to them less because they'll understand how I got to where I got. So if I can, or how I made the decision that I made, if I can share with them what I'm reading, when I'm processing a decision, they can see like, you know what? I bet this guy isn't just making decisions all willy nilly because last week in the newsletter, there were three articles in what he's reading about this. I can see that we're making a decision on a company on a pivot here or a change in direction. I know that he did his research. I read a couple of those articles. This is in line with other what other people are saying. So the way that we tried to make that easy was with a Chrome plugin. So now we've got a Chrome plugin that ties directly into my login of recess or Ryan's login of recess. Each person has their own. And if I, whatever I'm reading, I can just drag it over and even write why it's relevant right now or why I'm reading it for the company and it'll store it. So in that section, I can just drag these over, including 
the description of why I'm reading it. I can change the thumbnail. I can change the, the headline. I can change the description and really share with our team, like what I'm reading when I'm researching either how to capitalize on opportunity or how to mitigate against the threat, or when I'm just trying to, you know, increase my knowledge of something that I'm deficient in, which mm. I guess would be mitigation against the threat. <laughs> it's, it's a really good way just coming from the perspective of someone getting those emails, it's a really good way to kind of like catch up with what's on y'all's mind and like do my own research, form my own thoughts and kind of come to see like where things are coming from without, without a Slack channel. That's like everyone's sending everything that they're reading because it makes them look super active. And yeah. Look, a Slack channel is the worst group text you've ever been on. Yes. hundred <laughs> percent. Right? Where the, our intention for recess and the way that um, we built it was to be a one-to-many communication at its start that turns into one-on-one communication once you receive it. So I'm going to send that broadcast out. And if we've got 53 employees or we've got 530 employees, it's going to be a mass blast and I can tweak it based on groups or teams or anything else. Right. Uh, but when it comes back, when Janice Navely interacts with the broadcast message that I sent, it changes from a one to many broadcast to a one-on-one conversation. So I'm getting your feedback, right? Where we can have a conversation. I can see when you need additional explanation or help, or when you've got a great idea, uh, or maybe when you're just kind of blah, right? And what, I, what I've told our team and our engineering team is the goal of recess isn't to solve the problem or answer all the questions. It's just to give managers and leaders a little bit of insight as to where and what to ask. Because again, high growth companies like leadership becomes an afterthought. It just does because it's high growth. And when it's working, you got to go, right? Momentum is an amazing thing. And just the assumptions from small team to large team that everyone stays in the know. It's just the most common and uh, trap that every leader and every founder falls into. It's the one that we fell into, right? It's the one where, of course, the team knows that because I know that. And if I know that and I've told other people, then someone's heard me and they've told other people. And I, I think you said it so well, Jenna, like when it's straight from the horse's mouth, it's great. When it goes through three or four people, their bias, their feelings, their concerns or thoughts are kind of ascribed into it before it transfers over to you. And that's dangerous. Mm -hmm. What's the game where everyone lines up and you telephone? Yes. Like recess is the, is the corporate killer of that, (laughs) right? That's what it is. So so for those of you who aren't familiar with the game, you line up, everyone gets in a line and you start with the phrase and you say it and then you turn to the person and tell them, next to you and it goes down the line and then at the very end you say the phrase and it's such an amazing lesson in communication and how easy it is even with no malice right for a message to become completely distorted and bastardized so i mean you get 10 people and you play this little game and and is it going to be a 20 or a 30 percent variance or is it going to be completely different than the message that started yeah I mean, I can imagine if you had not communicated lab open the way you did, it, w- it would be exactly like this. We're doing lab open 
for two weeks. We're really excited. We're doing lab open for two weeks. We're doing lab open for two weeks. Mm. Did you hear that we're doing lab open for two weeks? We're going to do lab free for two freaking weeks. Like you can just see the. Mm -hmm. And that's best case. Because all that is doing is just changing the tone, Mm -hmm. right? Of the message. And, and I think when that happens, that's super frustrating when it's, did you know labs free now? And that's all you get Mm -hmm. or we're no longer charging for labs. Oh my God. Yeah. That. Yeah, we've completely canceled all premium subscriptions, and now everything's free. We open source the business. <laughs> oh my like, god! Wh- and and then think of the decisions because now, what's the worst story so anyone could tell? Like, let's play that game. That's mm-hmm. one of my favorite games. So Jenna, oh, no. I started with, uh, <laughs> I started with, and then I'll give you the starting endpoints, right? Yeah. Uh, but if I start with, hey, listen, because of the the current climate, like we're going to give out of abundance when everyone else is freaking out, uh, and I believe that we can help and it's on mission. I think we have, we, we have to, we are called to support this community, our community. So we're going to open source lab for at least two weeks, but TBD, uh, going to give everyone access because this can help them level up their skills. If they need to gain a, uh, if they've lost their job or if they've, they've got some here, great, cool. Awesome. Great. By the time it gets to you, it's like lab is completely free now. Like we are canceled our premium subscription. Like we are now a 100% free company. What's the first thought that goes into your mind as an employee of a company that just took all of its stuff and gave it away that it used to charge for and gave it away for free? Oh my God. That just that we're shutting down. Business no longer exists. We don't know what Bingo. we Yeah. <laughs> that quick. That's the worst story really? that you could ever tell. That's what, uh, if, if I have a mutant power and it's probably my glass half full is I can quickly come up with the worst story anyone can ever tell, Right. <laughs> Because I've had to train myself not to go there by default. But, but that's, you're exactly right. The worst story you could tell isn't all the work. Because everyone thinks of it from like, what's the best worst story someone could tell? If they still gave me the benefit of the doubt. The worst story your employee could ever tell themselves is, great, the company's shutting. I'm going to be out of a job. And if that's what they believe and they don't come and ask someone, because you don't know to ask, because you don't know that they're feeling that way, what do you think they're going to be doing when they're online? In the office, much less at home, they're going to be putting out their resume. They're going to be updating their resume. They're going to be submitting up other jobs. They're definitely not going to be bought in to doing the work required for your company to hit its goals. So if you can come up with the real, real worst case, right? And the real, real worst case, or worst story anyone could ever tell is, is usually filtered through the eyes of how could this mean the worst for me personally? Yeah. And one of our beliefs at, at, at our company is we believe in giving the benefit of the doubt. And here's, here's what that means. I don't think enough people know what the benefit of the doubt means. Benefit of the doubt means you come up with the worst story, right? That you could tell yourself about whatever you're feeling. And then you come up with the polar opposite. What could the polar opposite of that be? And then you inquire and you reserve the right to decide after you've gotten more information. The benefit of the doubt doesn't mean blindly following without asking questions or seeking knowledge, right? That's not what it means. It means it means acknowledging both polars and then reserving the right to make a decision after you have more information. But if you don't have a channel to do that, to ask questions, to say, I'm confused, to not raise your hand in all hands and say something like, does this mean the company's shutting down? Like all hands meetings passed about 
20 people are super inefficient. Best case scenario, their metrics updates, team shout outs, birthday and anniversary acknowledgements, and just generally like, here's where we're at, where we're going. But as far as communicating what's important, once you get beyond about 20 people, they're not a great way to communicate either. It's just a, a live version of Slack. So I think that's a healthy exercise and, and hopefully a marketing takeaway, no matter who your customer is, whether it's your team, your employee, or whether it's a, your ideal prospect coming up with, you know, what's the worst story, like show yourself the ad or the email and say, what's or the landing page, say, what's the worst story someone could say about this? And then inoculate against that in your marketing. And you'll be amazed when you kind of pre-frame or overcome that objection before they can really have it at the success of your marketing message. It makes so much sense. I guess the question I have kind of to end this is how big do you feel a team needs to be to require internal marketing? So two. (laughs) I I mean, I think it's in some cases one. Right. If you mm-hmm. think about it, when you're starting a business, you're, you're marketing to yourself every day. You're like, you can do it. Uh, <laughs> you didn't make the wrong decision by leaving that job, yeah. whatever the case may be. And, and again, I think we're all selling and marketing in every conversation we have. Intentional marketing uh, is different. But when you're a team of one or two or three, like when you're still sitting in the same room and you're relatively flat organizationally, then you probably don't need a tool, right? So let's, let, let me just stop giving like broad criteria and just say, if you've got 20 or more people, you need to be using some sort of internal marketing tool and being intentional about it and making sure that you're tracking engagement. There you go. Cool. Well, that's kind of all I have. Rich, where can people find out more about you and also about oh. Recess? Well, I am on the World Wide Web. The information superhighway. Most of my time is spent at Digital Marketer. That's my day job. So digitalmarketer.com. Probably know that if you're listening to this. Uh, but recess.io. This is where marketing and leadership converge. This is where kind of internal marketing is going to uh, really kick off. And uh, where right now, if you go, you know, we're kind of still in the very real kind of raw unknown of, of COVID-19, you know, we've done the same thing there last week as, as we did at Digital Marketer. We completely opened it up. So if you've got a team, come on over, sign up for recess and start communicating with your team. Not going to ask you for a credit card, not going to have any upsells. Now, if we're post that, I'm probably going to ask you to take a trial. I'm probably going to ask you for a credit card and I'm going to feel good about doing it because I know if you do it, you're going to see such a massive result. Your team's going to lean in. So recess.io, come on over get your account, start communicating with your team, start marketing internally. Thank you so, so much for your time today, Rich. Thank you. I'd just like to say you're really good at this. And I'm glad that you uh, are uh, the person who does it. That means a lot. Seriously. I mean, obviously, (laughs) that means a lot. Literally, you hired me. I I mean it. Like You took my rants and rambles and, and kind of repackaged them back at me in the way that I should have said them. You led me in questions. You, you're really freaking good at this and I'm glad you're doing it. So thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Cool. Well, yeah, everyone listening. Thanks so much for, well, 
I don't know, Darren, you can choose if you want to edit the compliment out. <laughs> uh, I'd prefer you didn't, Darren. <laughs> well, everyone, thank you so much for a little bit of your time. It means everything to have your time in, in this this new world that we're living in. And even if we're not living in that new world anymore, still, thanks. It means a lot. I like it. We'll see you same time, same place next week. Goodbye. Hey, DM listeners, if you're running a Black Friday or Cyber Monday special, listen up. Because Digital Marketer just released our Canva holiday promo pack. It includes almost 200 templates that you can use to make the graphics for all your upcoming holiday specials and three unique design themes for each holiday. The promo pack is usually $27, but you can get it today for free. Check the show notes for the link to download, or you can go directly to digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates. That's digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates.